you're a lively bunch today. <laughs> All right, well, um, as I mentioned last week, I've kind of been feeling a little stuck, a little unworthy, a little, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Say so what? <laughs> Perfect <laughs> word, yeah. And, and in this time of just kind of feeling a little down spiritually, God has really been speaking to me in a way that he's never spoke to me before. And as I shared last week, it's, it's all just giving me one word that I just can't escape, one word that I just keep dwelling on, one word that I just keep focusing on. And I wanted to share with you guys the second word that God has really been just sticking in my mind for the past few weeks. This word is, is a word that's mentioned about 1,000 times in Scripture. So it's all over the place. And yet, whenever I came across it in this verse, we find it here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm looking at verse 18. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to the other. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's this word, beholding. The word behold, just by itself, is like, look, look at this, see. When you see it in Scripture, it's like, behold. Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And we see this word, this word's just like, look, see. And like I said, it's mentioned 1,000 times in Scripture. You see it all over the place. And yet, whenever I saw it, when it stuck in my head, it took on a new life. Left where I may see it and see it over and over and over again, I've never really looked at it. I've never really beholded what behold truly meant. Beholding in Scripture really is a place where it's like, hey, you dummy, stop and pay attention. <laughs> That's the Tim translation of the word, okay? You guys might not be as mean to yourselves as I am to me, but it's like, dummy, look, pay attention. There is something beautiful here for you to see. And it is all over Scripture. And so today, what I want, hopefully, the next time you come across this simple word, behold, I hope you don't say, hey, dummy, stop and take a look. I hope you say, hey, you wonderful child of God, stop and take a look. There is something here for us to see. There's something for us to behold. And we're going to look at this whole passage in context because there is so much for us to behold and there's so much for us to bring about out of this text. There's so much for us to see, so much so that hopefully we don't just casually look at it and forget it and move on but we dwell on it, we reflect on it, we wrestle with it. And we begin to understand what God wants for us to behold and the lessons that he has to teach us. So if you have your Bibles with you, open up to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 16, and we're going to go to chapter 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Let me not fold this this way so I can read it. But when the one... But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where there is Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the other. For this comes from the Lord who is Spirit. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, Having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we could commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray uh, more than anything that your hand is over the words that come out of my mouth. <coughs> I pray that as we look to see what you are, are, are saying to us, that we have ears to hear. That we don't just take a casual glance, Lord Father, but that we may learn we may learn what truly beholding your face can mean for us. I pray for those of us who have been born again, those of us who are your sons and daughters, who, who have been called by you. May listen to the spirit that you have inside of us. That we may understand that, that we can look at you, that we can behold you, that we can know you. And that in and of itself is one of the greatest gifts. And I pray, Lord Father, today as, as we may know that there are people around us, that there may even be people here who, who have not received that gift. I pray, Lord Father, that we may be used by you to share the gospel, to shine light in the darkness. That your spirit may do the work that it does in their lives so that they can continue to be a part of you and be brought into your house, into your kingdom. I thank you for all you have done, and we have thanked you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I want to go just chunk by chunk, and, and just a few verses at a time, and, and, and focus to look, to behold what we're supposed to behold. Let's start here in chapter 3, verse 16. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, 
with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the other. For this comes from the Lord, who is spirit. The first thing I want us to see, beholding brings about our spirit-filled transformation. Beholding brings about our spirit-filled transformation. There are two types of people in this world. Those who love journey and liars. And if you don't get that joke, shame on you. For real, though, there are two types of people in this world. Those who are born again and those who are born once. I asked last week, how many of you have been born before? And 100% of the people in the room are like, yeah, that's me. You're either born once or you're born again. And we don't necessarily like this phrasing. We don't necessarily like this idea, but, but it comes straight from Jesus. And not only does this come straight from Jesus, but, but there is something about being born again and the gift of the Spirit in your life that takes that veil off, that blinder off, so that we begin to see deep spiritual truths, that we can truly behold what was once a mystery. There was a time when every single one of us Every single one of us walked around with a veil over our eyes. We walked around in, in blindness, in spiritual blindness, and, and we couldn't see a thing. Every single person in this room was born that way. We all were born with this spiritual veil over our face. And then there were some who chose that free gift of God, to be born again. When we are born again, there is something that happens inside of us. God's Spirit comes to us. Don't just take my words for it. Let's listen to what Jesus has to say in John chapter 3. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. People who don't have God's spirit in them look at spiritual things and they see a mystery. They see what they don't understand and they try to make sense of it. But when the spirit of God, when you are born again and God's spirit comes to you, that veil comes off. And you get to behold God's face. You get to behold God. When that veil comes off your eyes, you begin to see the glory of God. It's in the place where our understanding of the Father is no longer a mystery. We may not always have everything figured out. We may not always have the answer for every question at every moment. But with the Spirit inside of us, if we behold, if we look to, if we wrestle with that spirit that's inside of us, those things will make sense to us. We can see, we can understand, 
we can behold. And us, with the Spirit inside of us, with that unveiled face, we can behold His glory. Not only can we behold that glory, that Spirit that is inside us can begin His transforming work inside of us. And so we can see not just the, the change where we were born again, but see the changes that we need to make throughout of our lives. The things that need to be corrected, the things that need to be made right, the things that need to be put more and more in his image, more and more living for his glory. Behold the Son. The Father gave us the Son. Behold the Spirit. The Spirit is inside of us. That very Spirit is the Spirit of God. One of the greatest mysteries of the universe is understanding how all three of these things work together. And I don't know anyone who can do a good job of explaining it. Yeah, there are some people who can do better jobs than others. But it is a wonderful mystery that we still get to behold, that we still get to understand, that we still get firsthand experience of. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Behold the marvel of God's presence in our life. The role that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all play in our lives. So we are not walking around with blinders on. As the Spirit leads us daily, as the Spirit directs us daily, it brings about change and transformation beholding is looking intently to the father the son and listening to the spirits leading not just checking something off of your to-do list today i beholded god because i sat down and read a bible verse no did you behold god did you look intently did you stop and listen as you were going about your day, when you were walking, taking a left or to right, were you listening to the Spirit's leading, to His direction? As you were doing things, were you a part of beholding God and His presence in your life throughout the day? As you walk down the street, as you encounter those who are around you, we can behold and we can see and we can understand and comprehend and wrestle with God's presence in our lives. I want to challenge you. Behold Him. Wrestle with Him. Be more in tune with His leading in your life. Let's continue on. Let's continue to, to unpack a little bit about what beholding God, what beholding the Son, what beholding the Spirit, without that veil, that spiritual understanding. Let's see some other things that beholding can do in our lives. Verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Beholding keeps us centered in the struggles 
of our daily living. Beholding keeps us centered in the struggles of our daily living. How many of you have just wanted to, to give up this whole faith thing, this whole church thing? How many of you just wanted to, to give up? Has anybody? One? Two, three? You don't have to be that honest and raise your hand like I am. But I'll be honest with you, there are times. There are times I'm just like, ah. Oh, this may not be the thing you want to hear. But I can guarantee you, if you're honest with yourself, there's probably come a moment in your life when you've wanted to give up this faith. When you've wanted to just walk away. When the, the mysteries of life, the things that come right in front of you, the hardships of just day-to-day walking out the door, can make you think this just isn't worth it. Beholding is what keeps our hope in the midst of it. Looking to Christ, looking to the Father, looking to the Spirit, listening, beholding Him, dwelling with Him, will keep you centered and it will give you hope as you are walking down the street, as you are encountering your neighbors, as you are in the workplace working with the people who are around you, beholding and remaining in Christ will help keep you centered, will give you hope so you do not lose heart in the struggles of daily life, of daily living. Beholding will keep you centered, will keep you anchored So that when the day comes to where struggles and waves hit you, you know it's a part of something bigger, something greater. So that you know that God's presence truly is in the midst of those struggles. It's where you don't give up, where you don't lose heart, where you don't lose hope. Verse 2. What else does beholding do in our lives? Verse 2, we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Beholding challenges the why behind our actions. Beholding challenges the why behind our actions. When you are beholding God, when you are looking fully into the Father, the Son, the Spirit, when you're listening to His leading, it should challenge the way you act. It should change in some way, shape, or form, bring about spiritual transformation in your life. It should, in some way, Challenge the way you would normally live your life. I've heard a, 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 this phrase and this idea kind of be thrown around a whole lot lately. And, it, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And that if all believers were truly following after and listening to the Spirit's leading, the churches would look amazingly different from the way they do now. Right? Right? Because if you are listening to the Father, if 
you're listening to his directions, to his leading, something different will happen in your life. Change will bring about. You will act in different ways. Not only will you act in different ways, if you are truly beholding God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, it's going to challenge the why behind all of that. To where you just don't, well, I don't do this because it's, it's not what we would do. And it's not just this list of to-do lists, do this or don't do that. It's, it's different. As you are beholding the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, it becomes more about who you are. And the whys for why you don't do things is because you realize you were created differently. You realize you were created in, in the image of this God. That you were given the gift of the Spirit, of new life, that you have new freedom, freedom to do what you want with it, and you would choose to follow after him. You would choose to follow his leading as you go about your days. Beholding God, beholding him, looking intently into what he wants from you will challenge everything about your life. It will challenge the way you engage anyone around you. It'll challenge the words that come out of your mouth. It will challenge the thoughts that you think that sometimes you think no one else can pick up on. It will challenge everything about you. Beholding is something that, that's multifaceted, and this will bring about two things. If we are beholding him, this tells us a lot of beholding in him is rooted in God's word is rooted in listening to God's word, ingesting God's word, dwelling on God's word, beholding God's word. In our day, we, we think God's word is boring. And I'll be the first to admit, there are times whenever I read Leviticus because I can't sleep. <laughs> numbers, yeah, yeah, numbers makes me want to go to sleep. And then the book of the Bible numbers makes me want to go to sleep. Eh, I don't like numbers. <laughs> Math is hard. God's word. Do you realize we have the word of God here? And we say things about it like it's boring. And we make jokes about numbers and Leviticus putting us to sleep. But the truth is, if we truly well, if we behold, if we focus, if we look, if we listen, it's going to change things about us. It's going to change us to our core. Beholding Christ, beholding the Father, beholding the Spirit is rooted in His Word. Not only is it rooted in His Word, beholding brings this challenge about in our lives for how we act out how His Word is telling us. And part of the Spirit's job, its role in our life, is not to say, you know what, this is nonsense. It's saying, this is the truth. Going this direction, it's not in line with this. Doing this, doing that, it's contrary to what I, I'm telling you. There is a better way for you to spend your time, to spend your life. And it is all about my glory, and it is full of adventure, and it is not boring at all. 
beholding God is deeply rooted in his word so much that it shapes the way you live your life. That spirit-filled transformation is put into action as beholding him. It's like a sieve in your life. You know what a sieve is? It's like a spaghetti strainer, right? I always think you cook spaghetti, a bunch of noodles, and it's got holes in it, and you dump it in, and all the hot water falls out, and you got delicious spaghetti noodles. I'm hungry now. <laughs> this is that, that, that filter. The stuff that is awful, like water, <laughs> gets strained through, and the stuff that is good, like spaghetti noodles, we get to eat. God's dad, that's a poorly planned out illustration, and I apologize. His water is good. But that's what God's word is. It is that filter. And it should change our actions as we not just listen, as we not just look, as we not just check these things off for what we do during our day, but as we behold, as we know, as we get to know, as we listen, as we put it into practice and live on it, it changes us. Beholding challenges the why behind our actions. It changes the why, the way, everything about who we are. And in his word, as we behold him, it brings about that spirit-filled transformation. Beholding Christ challenges us and changes us in ways we would never imagine. Let's keep moving on. Verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veils to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We've already covered this, and I just want to touch on it again, right? There, there are two types of people in this world, those who love journey and liars, right? No, those who were born once and those who were born again, Right? If you have been born again, you have that veil pulled off. If you have not been born again, it's blindness. It's blindness. We can't really argue with this. It's echoed all over Scripture, and we can see it. We can see it just in our day-to-day goings. We see it in the world around us. There is spiritual blindness. There's spiritual darkness all over. And some days we feel like that's all it is. Some days we feel like we're this little tiny, tiny light in a world that's completely dark. Spiritual blindness, the truth of the gospel is out there. And, and, and verse 3 tells us who's responsible for that. There is a deceiver. There is an opposer out there. We also have the antidote. Being born again. Beholding Christ is the light that we have in the darkness. Let's look at verse 5 and 6. For what we proclaim is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. 
For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Beholding Christ is the light that that not only we have, but the world has in this darkness. I've I've went through a a very, about two or three years ago, a, a very dark time of depression where a lot of my thoughts just weren't right. And if you've ever gone through depression, you know your mind lies to you all the time. And I know I'm not alone in experiencing this. And I'll tell you one thing for sure. Whenever I was in that moment, I was not beholding Jesus Christ. I was dwelling in that darkness. Yes, I was maintaining the activities that you do because you are a good Christian. But I wasn't sitting down at the feet of my master. I'm I'm looking, I'm listening. What do you have for me today? And I also don't want to say that 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 the answer to all of this is, is especially with depression and something as deep as depression, that the answer is just spend more time with God. Because there are some things that are so deep-seated. But I do know the answer to the darkness in your life and the darkness in this world is Jesus Christ. The hope that we have is in Him. It's in a Savior who was dead and rose again. A Spirit that is inside of us. This tells us This word that beholding Christ is that light that shines in the darkness. Christ himself is this light in this world. There is darkness out there, but beholding him and beholding him fully is the light that you have internally, and it's the light that the world has eternally. There is hope In Jesus Christ, there is hope in his name. There is a way through the darkness. Not only is there a way through the darkness, the Bible tells us the light has overcome the darkness. Beholding gives you that light. Beholding keeps you centered and anchored on it. When you feel like you can't see, realize God took that veil off a long time ago when you were born again. He may just want you to sit down. To just shut up stupid and look for a minute. To listen, to wrestle, to graspel, grapple, graspel. Did I invent a new word? <laughs> I did it again. Graspel. To graspel over what he is asking. Beholding ultimately requires something on our part. Our salvation, it's all him. It's pretty much saying, hey, there's a plane leaving. It, it leaves all the time. You know where it is. Hop on it. You jump on that plane, you go. That invitation is there for everyone. Beholding is a little differently. 
Beholding requires something of us. It requires us to pay attention. It requires us to not, not just look, to not just glance, to not just, well, I'm done for the day. It requires us to sit, to listen, to seek. It requires us to just spend time, spend time with the God who created us. 2 Corinthians 3, 18, let's let's just bring it back here. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the other, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. If you are born again, that veil is off. You can look intently. You can behold not just God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. You can behold all the glory that we don't even fully comprehend. That we can be a part of this glorious adventure that all of us take a part in. And we can sit down, not passively, but intently focus on on who God truly is. I've been married for, I don't want to say the year, because I'll get myself, she's not in here, right? Several years? 12 years? 13 years? Mom? Is it? Uh Uh-oh, 13? (laughs) Almost 13 years. Let me tell you something about my wife. She's amazing. (laughs) I have to relearn who my wife is every now and then, and a lot of that is my own fault. 99% of that is my own fault. 100% of that's my own fault. Sometimes I just have to throw away everything I knew about her before and try to get to know her again. And just kid number one, kid number two, and kid number three came along. It got harder and harder. It's much the same with beholding God. When was the last time you said, it's been a while, let me get to know who you are in a brand new way? I've never in my life gotten stuck on one word before, and for whatever reason, I like what God is doing with this right now. But it is new. What is it God's wanting you to behold? What is it he's asking you to reflect on, to dwell on, to grasp with? What is it he is wanting you to not just see, but to truly see? to truly understand. What is it about him and his character that that he is wanting and demanding more attention from you on? What other things are you beholding in your life that you need to maybe let go on to truly behold who he is? What is God asking you to focus on? Beholding is more than just looking. Beholding is the manner in which we look. It's, it's not me. I found it in a book. <laughs> I No, I was like, yeah, that is good. 
Beholding is the manner in which we do look. What is he asking you to behold even more right now? If anybody has anything that they want to share, if there's anything that, that anybody just wants to say, I'm, I'm free to give you that time. If not, I'm, I'm happy to close it off. But I want to challenge you. Do it. It's not rocket surgery. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> just sit and behold. Just shut up, dummy. <laughs> and now I'll take that cue myself. Any last words? Anything else any needs to say? Amen. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I love Jim and uh, Debbie, and I'm so glad uh, he gets some time. So, <laughs> so I'm happy to be here. All right, let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your son. We thank you so much for all that you have done. We thank you so much that you've loved us so much that you, you gave us your son. We love you so much, Lord Father, and we thank you so much, not just for giving us your son, but for, for those of us who know that we have been born again. Thank you so much for the gift of your spirit. I know I take for granted the fact that that the greatest gift we have is just your presence, that we can behold you, that we don't have this veil, we don't have darkness, we have light in our lives. Your Spirit leads us. You communicate with us. You are the greatest gift that we have. Thank you for all you have done. Thank you for this world that you have created. And thank you for allowing us to be part of it. And I pray, Lord Father, we may understand truly what it means to be a part of living for your glory. Because even then, I, I think my best guess at understanding it is, is not even close to being there to what it truly means. To behold your glory, to seek your face. Thank you for this gift that you have given us of your presence in our lives. I pray, Lord Father, if there's anyone here who needs to, to grab this gift, that, that they are bold enough to do so. I know there are people all around us that we know, and we know them by name, and we know that they need the gift, Lord Father, of, of turning over their lives. We pray that we can see then make that decision. And if we are used to be a part of them crying out to you, I pray that we are obedient to that. And I just ask that as we leave here, that we do look intently, that we do behold, 
the thing that you are telling us to put more attention on, more focus on. And I hope first and foremost that that's just us putting more focus and attention on you. Thank you for all you have done. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.